Tech Yeah podcast. That's pretty good. Yeah, now we're recording. Folding telephones, killer selfies, and zombie pigs. All this and more coming up on episode number 30, Is it 30? of the Tech Yeah podcast. Did we, did we do it? Recorded live in front of a studio audience of people walking by a window. Yeah, everyone walks by and looks at us. So that's kind of like we a We are technically recording in front of a studio audience. They're just mobile. It's as, good, it's as close as we're going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Happy week, Tony. Happy week to you, Bill. We're a little late today. Yeah. It's been... Um, yeah, just stuff got in the way. It's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a holiday week. Holiday weeks, just stuff going on. Work, work still crazy. Work is being, being work annoying. Work is still so crazy. Uh, it'd be an annoying yeah, actually, I have crap to, thing. I have a meeting like right after this, so I got to like... Yeah, we got to... I we'll got to zip zip here. We'll cut out the banter. We'll cut out the crap. Um, nah, we'll still have the banter. We'll still have banter. How was your week, Tony? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, pretty... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any big events, but really, it's mostly been working. I bought an air fryer at home. Sweet. It's very good. I've had a lot of fun with it. You give me like vegetables and yeah, all veg- kinds of Last stuff? Last night, I I bought some um, some like Kobe hamburger patties because uh-huh. I've been trying to like count calories still, which is going pretty well. But I bought some like these Kobe hamburger patties. And so I just put a hamburger in there. Then I cut up a bunch of asparagus and just put a ton of asparagus like on top, like everywhere else. Yum. And just put a little olive oil in there, shook it around, ran that thing. It was delicious. It was yeah, so good. That does sound really the good. The asparagus came out like, uh, it almost came out like fried asparagus. Like it was kind of crispy on the outside. And, and was it actually, like, it was like uncooked patty, Kobe beef patty, right? Yeah. 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 Everything was raw when I put it in and raw asparagus. You know what That's I mean? It was awesome. I didn't do any like, nothing was pre-cooked or whatever. And yeah, yeah. So I just threw it in for 10 minutes. I flipped the hamburger and put it in for like 10 more minutes. It was delicious. Well, you look good. Thank you. you look amazing. No, I don't. You always look amazing. Though. I don't know what this new Angels thing is for you. I know you went to a game this weekend. You're all in on Anaheim. Yeah. Well, I, I um, this this jacket that I'm wearing is a throwback, mm-hmm. and it was in a different closet, and I was looking for it like for a week, and then I finally found it, so I wanted to wear it. Did you steal it from Jim Abbott? No, I wish I did though. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Um, but I did find out um from a friend that works at the Angels that um i don't know how familiar you are with baseball players but we were talking about flying and stuff he's um you know kept up with that and um the only troy, angel i know is Tony coon <laughs> uh troy percival who was kind of like the number one starter during their world series mm-hmm. when um he's a pilot mm. so i might i might connect with him and check out his plane soon yeah what well, you know what else happened to me this week my Samsung Galaxy folding phone died. Oh, did it break? Yeah, it, it just the screen just stopped working. Oh crap! And uh, you know there's a story here about it. <laughs> Sorry, we're just laughing because I don't have a. That was just the worst segue that was, ever. Like, <laughs> that was the worst segue. All right, yeah. So Samsung Galaxy Fold. So this, uh, I pulled up the most like. Um, which looks weird in print. Doesn't that name look weird it in print? It looks so bad. I don't know why it looks so I, bad. I pulled up the most editorialized article. This is by CNET. Roger Chang. Samsung should be taking a victory lap right now for its innovative Galaxy Fold. Reviewers should be seeing... Why don't you just tell me what happened? <laughs> should be seeing the phrases of the first major folds, foldable Way to bury the lead, CNET. Which was supposed to launch Friday. The only controversy should be the price. But we don't live in that reality. Instead, Samsung on Monday delayed the launch of the Fold. 
the fold following reports that some of the small number of devices seated to reviewers began to malfunction or break. The CNET review unit, however, hasn't had any issues. Uh, the delay, blah, blah, blah. There's not, like, you know, like... The, this, the story is that they it, they delayed the launch of the Galaxy Fold because screens were starting to malfunction and the protective layer was being un, uh, mistakenly peeled off by reviewers. Yeah, so if you are or are not in the know about tech and tech reviewers... This is where they get their tech news, so they're we're assuming they're not in the know. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm... <laughs> we're going to get you up to speed here. Yeah. Uh, starting last week, uh, Marquez Brownlee is kind of the biggest tech reviewer I know, and I saw his Twitter posts um, about... He originally was retweeting someone else's post about not removing the screen protector. It looks like you should be able to remove it, but you're not supposed to remove it. Um, and then uh, it causing the phone to malfunction, and he also did that. And then another tech reviewer also said that their screen had stopped working, and they were all screen issues, right? Like at the hinge, um, the screen would break, either because they peeled off this protective layer that was supposed to stay on the phone or because of just some other malfunction. And it was like four or five you know, tech reviewers I saw that had that issue come up. I mean, it seems um, too coincidental to be a one-off thing, but not widespread enough to be like every phone's going to be this way. But I think Samsung's just like, all right, we're going to take a step back, you know. And I think that's probably the best decision as you know currently. Yeah, the edit, the that CNET article that was a little bit of a weird take on that because I think this is really good from the business from the Samsung business. Uh, viewpoint and perspective that was a really smart move to identify an issue that quickly and one to even I feel have like that seen it article article they're like all right you need this many words and yeah like oh i'm like well like, what we should be doing <laughs> is we should be ex- so excited over our new phones like but 60 no, words they short. what am i gonna do like listen you little twerp <laughs> like shut up um but they you know they obviously had the the issue with the uh galaxy note uh, the batteries exploding, which was a little bit different of an issue. That was a supplier and a defect of uh, de- a defect apart from a supplier, kind of like the airbag recalls, where it's like really not Honda's fault. It's a Takata airbag that was, you know. But anyway, like it's how how the companies respond to these, um, you know, these big PR nightmares. Mm-hmm. That's really important for them moving forward. And Samsung did one did something cool by being kind of the first big company to market this new technology. Um, They had the foresight to release review copies of the phone, you know, examples early to reviewers to get some real world experience and to kind of have their finger on the trigger of, do we launch this thing or not and pull it at the last minute? Yeah. I have to imagine, you know, with launching something like this and like R and D something like this, like, you know, along this whole pathway that like this could all fall apart at any moment like this is a proof of concept i think the you know i think the real goal of samsung here is like when foldable phones do become a a real thing when they are uh you know when they kind of permeate the market like who's going to sell that technology we want to have that technology and to do that you've got to kind of put yourself out there like there's a, a, a an amount of vulnerability required to be like a forerunner and, uh, you know, I think this is kind of the lumps you take doing that. And um, I, I don't if they couldn't afford the lump, they wouldn't have put themselves. Yeah, in exactly. Yeah. It's know? a halo car for car companies. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a Lexus LFA. Yeah. You know, where you lose a bunch of money on it, but it's a, it's the it's the car that everyone's talking about. It's super, you know, it's super cool and innovative and everything. And it's it's 
it's already like you said before we started it's already served its purpose yeah with all the press that they've gotten for it i don't i haven't heard any real like oh samsung sucks as a result you know like a backlash for this yeah even with tech reviewers it seemed um which is funny with twitter and everything it seems pretty measured the response yeah they're taking accountability for trying to peel off the screen yeah and you know and it's I think everyone just kind of knew this all seemed crazy the whole time. I think Samsung knew this seemed crazy. And, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's not what we expected or hoped for, but it's kind of where we're at. And I think that, you know, this is kind of the, these are, like I said, these are the lumps you take trying to do yeah. new and innovative things. I mean, if you were Apple, you'd just wait till someone else did it. Yeah. And then just buy that Apple. display and put it on your iPhone. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're bendy phones, whatever it was, the six and they're you're not, antenna You're not thing. holding it right, Bill. Yeah. You're not holding it right. Like it's, yeah, this is a very un-Apple response. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the technology, and I could be completely talking out my ass on this, but from my understanding of how a cell phone screen works is you've got the the glass layer and then you've got two layers of basically like chain link fences that are on top of one another and when you put your finger on the glass it like arcs the connection between those two chain link layers and identifies that on a grid as where you're touching so what i think the samsung fold has done is put in a like an adhesive version um, of that glass and it's not it's obviously not glass because glass doesn't fold but whatever their their polymer based adhesive screen is looks like it's a screen protector like a tempered glass screen protector that we're used to mm-hmm. so these reviewers because you've got that kind of fold thing in the middle are just seeing that be discolored or raised or some imperfection in that where they're where it looks like it is a screen protector. Yeah. So that's what happened to the Samsung phone, guys. Um, so if you pre-ordered one, sucks to be you. You're not getting it anytime soon. But if you pre-ordered one, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, you so. knew what you are getting into. And you're also uh, protecting yourself by not getting the newest, hottest phone on the market. You're saving yourself from sure death. And honestly, you're in a much better position than had Samsung just decided to force this thing out. You know what I mean? Yep. So uh, let's all be grateful and uh and there's i don't know i just think it's cool when companies try to be innovative even if it bites them in the butt sometimes yeah um what do you got from me but you got another one coming we so got yeah. a lot of news today so, so outside uh, this is this is an article from from outside online uh from Catherine miles uh selfie deaths are an epidemic a recent report found that 259 people died between 2011 and 2017 while stepping in front of the camera in often dangerous destinations. Every time I look at my selfies, I die inside a little bit. That's true. I think they're talking about actual death, not oh, just metaphysical not like death. emotional. Yeah, metaphysical emotional. Death. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But anyway. Keep going. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No, I... I, I just wanted to, I had this article like in a tab open and since we were talking about that cell phone, I thought it was kind of funny. I wouldn't call 200 and what would they say, 259, 259 deaths over a, a seven year period necessarily an epidemic, but it is amazing how crazy the the urge is to, to take that amazing viral picture. You know, thousands of people over here are still hit by trains. I know, I know. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a there's some people die in weird ways. Yeah, on on uh, another podcast I'll see, how does this get made? They have an ad that runs about like don't 
go and don't try and beat the train because they'll kill you because thousands of people die to trains every year. It's like, why? Like, what? You know where they're at. They're on the track. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, people have like headphones in and they don't hear the train coming and they don't look. It gets... It's amazing. Yeah, but they're not coming out of nowhere. But it's, it's really... it's a, Selfie it's, dust, people. Just knock it off. Yeah. I like it. You know what? I love a good selfie. Don't get me wrong. But uh, just think about where you're taking it. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah. Just be careful. Don't Take be Take care of yourself out there, people. We love you. Don't be you know? stupid. Um, so uh, I was I wanted to briefly go over this this story um, given the, the timeliness of it. So uh, video game Assassin's Creed could play a role in Notre Dame Cathedral's restoration so the the terrible fire at the uh, cathedral in Paris um, that destroyed a lot of the the main or destroyed the main spire and a lot of the the structure. Um, so I when this the news of this came pretty quickly uh, when it had happened. I believe it was a week and a half ago on the seventeenth, I think, or sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was um, a bunch of stories started coming out in response to, to this tragedy there, you know, there were obviously the celebrities that were sharing all the pictures of them in front of the cathedral, which I heard one criticism of that, which was, uh, I love people using this, uh, this tragedy to show all the cool trips they've been on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is kind of, I mean, I know plenty of people that also shared their Notre Dame photos and, you know, this isn't a jab at them. I think everyone gets kind of carried away, but I think that, that just that kind of initial, impulse to be like oh i have something to i i'm part of this you know what i mean like is i did it i did it yesterday with a plane crash yeah i think it's a little it's irksome right because i get it you're taking these stories and be like these are about me too these are about me you know and um that's not necessarily i think the best response when something bad happens but it's also i think very natural you know what i mean like i don't think it's I don't think it's strange to want to show your, uh, I think people always, you know, have, have had that feeling of like, you know, um, like it's like when you see yourself in the paper, you're like, look, I was at this thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, like, or if you've met somebody, even if it was 20 years ago that died recently, yeah. like a celebrity, like, you know, and you write this whole thing. So there, there was a, a very, very tragic plane crash on Sunday, um, Sunday or Monday. Actually, I, I think it was Monday. Um, and it was a, a very rare, I mean, very rare. There was, it was the only one of its kind, this flying wing plane that crashed in Southern California here. And I had seen it at an air show. Was it a Boeing wing, at wing Max? No, no. Um, oh, airplane joke. <laughs> uh, but it's like a lot of, a lot of the, you know, aviation accounts that I follow shared pictures that they had taken of the plane. And like this long thing, like very sad to hear the tragic about like these like nice write-ups and stuff and about the pilot and everything. And I had that same kind of initial reaction as I did with all the pictures of the, the cathedral where it's like, you know, somebody died, yeah. a, a historic thing was destroyed. You know, like it's really sad. Do we need to inject ourselves into this, this narrative and this story as someone that even like I took a picture of the plane in an air show from the parking lot as we were pulling in is a really cool picture of the silhouette of just the wing. And, you know, I was like, that's a cool picture. It's really sad. So I, I posted it just kind of a, you know, a rest in peace. I feel like deal. there's a, there's a time for that, but I don't think the time is right when I, ha- you know what I mean? Like, I feel like when it's your own memory, that's when it's fun. You know what I mean? Like I think, uh, 
like if, if in six months you see that picture and you're like, oh, that's a cool memory. Like I remember that. That was that was cool. And like you want to like have your own moment of like, hey, like, you know, I was just looking through my photos and found this this cool picture. And, uh, you know, I was just I was so I thought it was so cool when I saw this thing and well, you know, took a photo and uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it sucks. It's not around anymore. Right. And that yeah. and it's sad someone, you know, would lost their lives in, yeah. you know, in the in the crash. You know, I think that's a maybe a healthier way to kind of celebrate that memory or kind of honor that, uh, that moment, you know, uh, cause it's, but like I said, like, I think it's so natural. It's so hard to be critical, like of, of people reacting. The reactions are so natural by themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's such a human thing. Like it's, it's so raw that it's like, how do you, how do you, how are you critical of it? Right? Like it's just what, that, what someone did, you know? Yeah. We just, we just have such an urge, like a knee jerk urge to want to post something and just, you know, it's like such a narcissistic thing to, yeah. well, people are so social too. And yeah, and well, just like, yeah, the urge to put it on social media and be like part of the hashtag and be in there and, you know, I did it too. And I'm but anyway, like going back to the, the actual story, which is Assassin's Creed, uh, I, so I saw a headline of the article that says like video game to help restoration efforts mm-hmm. with the cathedral. And the, the very first thing I thought of is, Oh, I wonder if Assassin's Creed had that cathedral in there. And I opened up the article and it was in fact about Ubisoft and how they had done a lot of laser mapping of the cathedral. Yeah. They like map the whole thing, the whole entire thing. So they're going to use those, that data to help, uh, restore, the the cathedral which i thought was was pretty cool and which was my original um interest in those games to be able to experience some of these historic monuments and locations um you know virtually that are either long gone in some cases or at least in you know that are still there but you haven't seen them yeah i just hope it offers some people an insight into the value of kind of the quality and the development of these games. Yeah, you know? the art of it. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft's not my favorite developer. Assassin's Creed's definitely not my favorite franchise. But, um, you know, the work they put in uh, ensuring accuracy and, you know, like I think um, it's truly invaluable to the world as we move forward. You know, having these 3D models of things like Notre Dame or, um, you know, the, that's not the only historical monument that they've mapped for Assassin's Creed specifically. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Just them alone. Just uh, there's just a, a, such a, a library of, of high quality, high detail information that moving forward, it could be so important to us as more and more of these things kind of are taken by time. Oh, yeah. I you mean, know? you can you could be in a VR you know, 3D perfect model of some of these monuments that have been burned down or were destroyed or just naturally erode or whatever. And those, you know, it, it, it's just like movies, you know, like Titanic, being able to see what that must have looked like, you know, and that gets so much attention and is, you know, revered by so many people in culture that video games, a lot of them deserve that same amount of respect because as much if not more work has gone into recreating some of these worlds and environments. Yeah. Once again, um, I don't think EA brought this up when I saw it. It was just something that people were asking them on social media because mm-hmm. they did have the Doge name. So, uh, you know, I don't think that they're trying to like FOMO on the, you know, <laughs> the Notre Dame burning down. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they were just basically people were asking them and they're saying, Hey, you know, well, we do have all this map data, you know, but I think the reality is the they're going to make the Notre Dame different, which is 
for better or for worse. It's kind of uh, cool. It's I mean, kind of it, cool. It, it, it was made the way it was originally, you know, and, it, you know, just artists do your thing. I hope it's sensible to what it is, you know, yeah. I, like as much as the Louvre is cool, like I don't know how much I appreciate the modern architecture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess it's neat, but, you know, I, I hope it retains its uh, some of its character. You know what I mean? Uh, I hope it doesn't get a little too too modern yeah you know but we'll see i'm sure i'm sure they'll make a good choice right uh so we'll see moving forward but yeah but it also means sorry assassin's creed your notre dame isn't the one they're gonna rebuild you know no um so i had one more small story before we get into our bigger story okay right and this is kind of tech adjacent and it's from npr someone sent it to me this morning i just thought it was so interesting uh the affluent homeless a sleeping pod a hired desk and a handful of clothes um, and so this is from NPR, Sam Sanders. Um, so I'll just read you a little bit and then we'll talk about it. Uh, more young people are leaning, are leaning into the rental or sharing economy, owning less of everything and renting and sharing a whole lot more housing, cars, music, workspace, and some places such as Los Angeles, this rental life has gone to an extreme. Stephen T. Johnson, 27 works in social media advertising and lives in Hollywood. He spends most of his days using things he does not own. He takes a rideshare service to get to the gym. He does not own a car. At the gym, he rents a locker. He uses the gym's laundry service because he does not own a washing machine. He does not have an apartment, actually. He rents a bed in a large room with other people who rent for beds for nights, weeks, or months at a time through a service called PodShare. All the residents share a kitchen and bathroom. Johnson also rents a desk at WeWork, a co-working space. He says the only clothes he owns are two versions of the same outfit. Johnson says he owns so little he's even given up his backpack. He says for him, the lifestyle isn't cumbersome and confusing. That's what's great. He says when you don't own things, you don't have to keep track of them. You just show up. And so basically, this is basically talking about this kind of young generation that... Um, sounds so stupid. It does sound so stupid. Uh, and that's kind of what I thought was interesting, right? Because for me, it's like, it's it doesn't make any sense, right? But, you know, I think uh, we've talked a lot about this kind of sharing economy and, you yeah. know, kind of this app-driven... I ordered my lunch from Postmates today, right? Like... Um, just because I'm not all in, right? It's it's funny how critical I can be of someone that is, you know what I mean? When I got my foot in the water, you know, like I use Uber all the time, I use Postmates all the time. Um, but yeah, like even through things like PodShare, like these people can literally live moment to moment, you know, through these sharing apps, and uh. It's just such a different world, I think, than kind of what we're used to or kind of what we know as like existing and working. Well, it's and definitely not traditional. No, definitely not. That's for sure. But it's uh, it's also, I mean, I, I like the minimalistic approach to that. There's like, we have so much stuff just because we feel like we need to or we can't let it go or think that. I'm jealous of the two outfit thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, that's cool. Part of me is like, I wish yeah. I had no clothes. Well, and I would love to see too, like what his finances look like. You yeah. know, because if he's if he's like, yeah, I'm gonna live like this while I'm in my 20s for you know, I'm live like this for 10 years, and I'm gonna save up enough money to to buy a house with cash, and you know, I'm gonna you know put the rest of it, invest the rest of it, and then have a you know a retirement at 50, and you know that's a that's a sacrifice for for a goal. But I think he's just. I think he's just lame. Living it up. One I think moment. He's, yeah, just like, I, you know, everything, societies, the constructs are lame, man. And I don't want to be beheld into the, you know, the financial man. And that's what I feel like that dude's 
probably heading towards. Yeah, I also think it's kind of lame, but also I don't think it's just this dude. Like, I think that there is a subsection of society right now that is fully embracing this uh, this mindset. And, you know, it's funny because, like, for the longest time, I've been like, you know, home ownership isn't necessarily the answer, right? Like, as far as investing in your future. You know, I think that there was a time where um, where it was super lucrative, but as we move forward and as, you know, prices have kind of, I don't want to say settled, but become so the the start is so high. You know yeah, what I mean? As yeah, far the, as the relative cost is higher than it used to be for yeah. sure. So dollars and cents, I think there are other, you know, there are other ways. Like that's what I mean. Like that's kind of what you're saying too. Like if you look at like home ownership costs against inflation and how much they've grown, you know, like a lot of these payouts aren't as great as they seem on paper. You know, I, my dad bought his house for 150 right. grand and now it's 320 grand, 20 years later. Yeah. Well, that's like a rolling 3%, not including property tax. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not a great dividend, right? Like it's not a great payout compared to, um, you know, my, my grandpa invested, you know, smartly for 20 years and lived in a pod, you know what I mean? And he made 16% and now he's a, you know, he's a multimillionaire, right? Like, yeah, like I, mean, I think if that's your approach for sure, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Like if, yeah, if you, <laughs> like, if, if you have your, your $2,000 a month rent that you like are putting towards Amazon stock yeah. or, you know, something or, you know, whatever, probably a stock we've never heard of. Yeah, or just what TikTok or stocks yeah, or, or just like whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. yeah, TikTok, yeah, investing in TikTok. Um, yeah, you're right. Like 20 years later, that that same money that you'd be putting towards either rent or a mortgage could be enormous. And the problem with the mortgage is that you need such, a, especially where we live, mm-hmm. such a huge down payment that no one in our generation is saving up eighty thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, it's you're you're either doing what this guy's doing or you're getting some inheritance lump sum that you can put towards a down payment. Yeah, someone is funding your Yeah. There's no 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 millennial is working the jobs that we're able to get in this economy and and say and having eighty thousand dollars cash to put towards a house. Yeah, I would say maybe like three percent of of people under forty are probably, you know, earning enough to put a down payment on a house. You know what I mean? Especially in in a major metro. Yeah. Like, you know, some, if you're on a, if you're bonus, if you've got some crazy sales job in a big city and you're, you know, selling, selling yachts or luxury apartments or uh enterprise level something or other, you know, yeah, I mean, cause you know, 20% on a modest house in Southern California is $150,000. Yeah. It's great. It's free. You know, crazy. like yeah. who has $150,000 cash cash. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, See how long it takes you to do that. Yeah, just do the math. Just see how much you can save yeah. every month and how long it would take how you How much get. are you making right now yeah. if you paid absolutely nothing? If you spent zero money, how long would it take? Yeah. I mean, it's going to take years for most people just from that perspective. Like, I am not spending a dime of what I bring in. Yeah. It's going to take you a couple of years. Now add all of your expenses on top of that. How long is it going to take you to reach $150,000? Yeah, so I guess, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, there's, maybe there's a a savvy young man, you know, that's 18 and, you know, Dyke was like, I'm not going to college because that's dumb. Yep. I'm going to live in this pod space yep. and, uh, you know, work a, work a, a market, a, a advertising job. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put that extra $700 a month and, uh, you know, uh, a diverse stock portfolio on Robin hood. And you know what I mean? Like, yep. like that's my, my mental picture of like who this, 
who this new millennial is or who this i don't even know if they're are they still millennials they're like uh gen z or whatever the hell yeah and, you know that's my my imaginary young person that's like yeah on it right. the reality is is it's probably 24 year olds that don't want to pay their student loans like not having an address for bill collectors to send letters to They're just lazy you know what i mean uh they ripped off their parents and they don't want them to know where they live yeah you know what i mean so they float around through pods and work jobs they don't tell anybody about like yeah. uh that's probably a little more realistic i know in my 20s right like i owed people money creditors and whatnot and uh and i think for a lot of people like you know i have a family member that was homeless for a time right and i think a lot of the um the draw of that is you know like i'm just done with all this like mm -hmm. i don't want your calls i don't want your mail i'm not going to pay you back i'm not going to answer you you know i'm just going to go live my life outside you know what i mean and oh, as yeah. dangerous as it is there's and, so many people that are homeless by choice yeah dude. As, i mean they're just, and i'm not saying that's all homeless people right like whatever no. Although I will say this, everyone always says like, you're just one paycheck away from being homeless. I've never talked to a homeless person that lost their job. And you know, now they're like, ah, I just, you know, I lost my job and now I got nowhere to live. Like yeah. it's, 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 that's never, the, I mean, I'm sure it's the case for somebody, but I think those people, um, find a way to get help. Right. I think society or culture has a lot of ways for people like that to, to find a way to, to at least keep a roof over their head. And well, especially keep, on the West Coast. They, yeah. They're given so much crap for free that it's like, why would you go through all the hassle of getting a job and getting, finding an apartment and signing a lease? I think people and, would rather, I mean, I think people would rather work. I'm just saying, like, I think when you get down and out, at least here, um, you might be a little hungrier than you'd like to be and you might not enjoy the lifestyle that can be afforded to you through these programs, but there are programs, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, if you feel like that, then you should reach out to those people. Now, but, all of this would be completely redundant, unnecessary, and not matter one bit if we're attacked by a horde of zombie pigs. Dude, the zombie pigs are coming. Zombie pigs are not even not only coming, but they're here. Well, these these scientists were smart. I mean, read your story, but you know, I'll get into why they they were smart uh, after you read it. Did they did they have them chained down with with a wooden stake ready to go? No, they put anti seizure drugs in the in the pigs when they resurrected mm. them, so they wouldn't have brain activity. Love it. Yeah, smart. Okay, so here is. The story from Tech Times, Are We Close to Resurrecting the Dead? Scientists, dead pigs, at least. <laughs> scientists revive brain cell activity in dead pigs. Um, so this is a Ted, Ted uh, Reynosa article in Tech Times. So t scientists successfully brought back some functions to the brain of a pig that had already been dead for several hours. In a study featured in the journal Nature, researchers at Yale University, I wonder um, what the uh, the researchers there, how much they bribed to get into Yale. Oh, a lot. Were they, were they Photoshopped on the crew team? Mm, I, I don't trust. I, this, uh, this study already is lost credibility. They're all voting for Elizabeth Warren, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> Yale University were able to restore cellular and uh, circulation functions to animals brains four hours after it had died such processes are long and thought to cease almost immediately after blood flow and oxygen ceases in the body 
so Professor uh, Seston, one of the authors of the study, noted that the that mammal brains can retain their capacity to restore circulation and even some cellular and molecular activities several hours after the body has stopped functioning. The researchers made use of an artificial perfusion system known as BrainX. Uh, mm. BrainX? <laughs> yeah, Brain EX. Fake-ass Elon Musk uh, over there. Capital E, too. Uh, to pump the pig's brain with an experimental solution that essentially mimics the uh, regular blood flow. This gave the organ the necessary oxygen and nutrients it's needed to trigger some of the normal functions. So they're obviously not doing this to zombify anything and bring back anybody from the dead. They're not, but you know, but it will. It's a dangerous science. This will fall into the wrong hands. Yeah. the The primary purpose of this was to to help with stroke patients and you know people that have brain damage where parts of their brain have been dead, mm-hmm. have died. Um, but they did. We for a brief moment we did have a zombie pig. Do zombie pigs have rights? Do, do regular pigs have rights? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to, to a point, right? You can't be cruel to animals like it's against the law. I mean, people get away with it, but you know the reality is if you get caught being excessively cruel to an animal, like there was a reason they had to you like kill the pigs before they could test on them because you can't just test stuff on living animals, right? Now, if I eat. Zombie pig bacon. Do I then become part zombie? Clearly, clearly. Okay. Like let's like let's put it this way, right? So these pigs, all right, because you can't test on a live pig, they killed the pigs before they tested on them, right? Now what if they hooked them up to the zombie machine and then used those now zombified pigs as recipients of clinical trials? Right? Is that cruel and unusual? Well, the reviving of them might be considered cruel and unusual. Well, I mean, but they're not, they're dead. Like, you know, uh, what is life, Bill? What where is, is this? Where's a pig's soul housed? Yeah, where is it in the bacon? Is it in the pig's butt? Right. Like, cause the, the thing I was, I heard from the story is like, you know, if we consider death like the absence of brain activity, right? Like, by every measurable concept, you know, like, if you flatline, if you're watching ER and they're like, oh, we lost him. It's because the EKG goes flat. The brain has stopped, right? And that's our... Or own. the heart has stopped. We all, we do brain. Brain is when you're dead. If your heart stops, you're not dead. Okay. Like, if your heart stops, they try and revive you. If your brain stops, you're dead. Yeah. Maybe you're right. The flatline is not your brain. The flatline is your heart. Yeah. But if your heart stops, they try and revive you. If your brain's off, you're dead. Well, we might be uh, over our head a little bit, but I think, I mean, because you could be, your heart could be pumping, but your brain could be dead. Like You could be brain dead. You could be comatose. Comatose isn't brain dead, though. But you can have... Your you brain's can, still firing if you're comatose. Your brain has not... But then what happens if you're brain dead? Your your heart can't pump if your brain is dead. So you're, but you're but left alive. But we control alive. it. Yeah, that's like saying if your hard drive's still spinning, but your but your CPU's not on, or your memory's still full, but your <laughs> CPU's on. Your CPU control power can't flow. Yeah, energy you, energy cannot move through your body if your brain does not pass that inf- that energy, right? 
So if if your brain is dead, your heart will not like you might. Yes, no, I, I understand. What you're, I, yeah, I understand. What you're, like the the functions of your heart are controlled by the your brainstem, brain. and it's you know sub not subconscious. So but, your you brain know, may be like at a very low level. Like if you're comatose and you can't respond and you can't open your, you know what I mean, and you're in a a coma. Like yes, your brain activity is severely limited. It's limited to the point where it cannot sustain you as a person. Yeah, but but doesn't life support? function as your brain pumping uh, continuing to keep blood flowing through your body and keeping your heart I think going? it's assisting i think your brain still has to have some activity i don't want to i don't want to go to google on this because i think i think our ignorance is funny i think our ignorance <laughs> is better i think yeah. especially that we're i'm i'm so insistent that i, I don't know, yeah i don't want to know i don't want to know clearly, the answer i clearly don't know yeah but i'm very insistent that i know i i know i can tell that's why i was like <laughs> i don't i don't want to do the like oh yeah well let's check the internet because my understanding is that if we're if, totally wrong, so much better. So much better. Yeah. So, but my, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. So my understanding is that if your if your heart stops, yes, and you flatline, yes, and you're pronounced dead, like if you're in a hospital ER, or whatever, and like, okay, we lost them, the heart's dead, and it flatlines, call it. Oh, it's you know, eight fifty two, that you still have brain function. Like there was a report even that, very, we, yeah, that there, we talked about that. Yeah. You can still hear, you can still like, you're still alive, even though your heart has stopped. Like the hearing is the last to go. And that's why at hospitals, they actually make sure to, to speak around the people that have recently died in a particular way because they still have function. Yeah. But I don't think they like, they won't put you, you're not dead. I think they wait. Like your brain has to shut off before they're like dead, dead. No, I think they call it when your heart stops. When no, even line, if they like, call it, your brain is still there. You're saying they don't talk. They, you're, you're, you're saying both things though. No, if you, you, if your heart stops, you I'm saying line. dead as a term versus dead as dead. You know, <laughs> like because you're saying, oh no, you're dead, but they don't, they don't, they whisper because. You know, you could still hear. Yes, no, you're that, clinically dead, but there is still there I don't is think still a are. tail I think of your function. Your brain dictates your clinical deadness. How do they test that? They don't. They don't hook your brain up to an MRI to. They don't to have track. To. If they, they put do. a diode on the outside, they can measure your brain activity. Do they can't? Not yes, with, they not can. I just, I just did it. Not I just did it. I just yes, did it. Yes, I know, but they can't. I just did it. But they cannot. They cannot. That's why they have MRIs where they. I know what an MRI brain, is too. Their I had an brain MRI. scans. I don't, that, I, yeah, I, but I, they I, don't, I don't. If you're if you have a car accident and you're laying there and you're like heart's getting weaker and you're like and beep, okay, we lost them. All right, you know, time of death five fifty two and. But you know, you so, still have brain function. Yeah, but you know why they say they lost them? Because oxygen's not going to your brain because your brain is now choking to death, right? Yes, but like, it takes hours for that to. It takes hours for it to be completely zero, dead, dead, dead. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe that was that, that was a report that but came I out where the, they 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 have tested function past death, where they did put some subjects in an MRI and see how long it takes for the little th- you know for the last little fire to go off in your yes, brain. Yes, but I think like measurable brain activity, like externally measurable, like blah, 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 they put the diodes on your head and yeah. so the trip firing off. Which is how they measure brain activity, right? When they stick they can't, those, yeah, yes. They stick those things in your head. They, yeah. I just had a test. They just did all this stuff to me. Yeah. Um, I think the absence of that is when they consider you dead. But that is not when they call you dead at the hospital. They how call do you, you know? dead when your heart 
flatlines because they don't no connect. they don't because they try and revive you when your heart flatlines yeah and if they can't do it and if the heart doesn't so fire, now you're a zombie no you're no they don't call you dead until there's no coming back the heart flatlines they're like give me yeah, the but paddles if you can't, right but give if me you the paddles right if they can't stop if you that can't get your heart going your brain doesn't dies. have your brain dies but what i'm and saying that's when they're like he's dead no yes it is not yes they they say Let's you're fight. dead they say Fist you're, fight right now <laughs> but they're what what I'm saying We're, is that if your heart stops, yes, your brain now does not have its source of oxygen. Yes, right. So when the heart stops and when the heart is deemed not Wrong. restartable, they they clinically call you dead. Yes, there is, but not still when your heart function. stops. It's not when you're, but there's low level brain function. But I'm saying, I think what they're calling is that a level of brain function has choked out and died. No. Yes. It's not your heart stopped. It is. Then why do they try and revive you if you're dead? Because why do they you try can, and because your heart start your heart if you're dead? Because your heart can't your heart restart. Can, but you're, then they're not dead. That's what right. I mean. If your heart stopping means you're dead, then you'd be dead when your heart stopped. You can't say your heart stops means you're dead unless it doesn't. Then it doesn't mean you're dead. There's a That's cl- not how they measure it. Clinically. <laughs> you know what it, I But you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying, but you're confusing the oh, concept. Oh, I'm confusing. You're confusing the concept of dead being with dead? dead. I just said that. With clinical being dead. You can't take my words away from me. I'm not. Yes, you did. I cannot believe you. Medically you, speaking, you stole my heart, agency. When your heart stops cuz if they if your heart stops and they choose to not revive you, when it's the moment that your heart stops is when you, is when clinically they declare you dead. We, like your heart I is not being restarted. True. I don't believe that's true. You still have brain function for hours after your heart stops. They're not sitting there going, his heart stops. Let's sit here and wait until his brain stops firing. Do you want me to call my ER nurse yeah, friend? Yeah, we will check it. And we'll please email us. <laughs> I and think, subject line Tony is uh, I'm sure not a doctor. We're both really wrong. <laughs> Address your letters. I'm pretty sure we're both to Tony is wrong. Super at wrong. Five five five. The Tech Yeah Drive. But I'm pretty sure you're wrong too, because your heart stopping cannot be the moment because that's when the doctors declare you dead. No. It's not because that's what the doctors try and start your heart again. And if they can't get it started, they say, okay, his heart's dead. He's flatlined. He, this person is now dead. This person has now died. If you're on your deathbed with a DNR and your heart stops and your family's there and you, you know, take your last breath and you dead, you're dead and you're you clinically dead, dead. <laughs> you dead, you're clinically dead. It's you not- still have brain function. Yes, you but- still have hearing. You can still hear things. But your body has now died. But what you're talking about, this still brain function, is not what I'm talking. It's not like measurable brain activity. It is literally like trace electricity left in your brain. I think what they use to consider you dead is like measurable brain function, right? I think when your heart stops, they say his brain is dying. We need to start this person's heart. And they try to start your heart. But your brain dies anyway, and they're like, oh, shit, this dude's dead, right? I don't think they're like, oh, his heart stopped. It's like, oh, it's it's too hard to get it kicked back over. Uh, let's just call this one dead. I think it's like the brain is now choking to death. It is dying. This dude's dead. Now you're Googling it, aren't you? Yeah, I am Googling it now. We said we weren't going to Google it. I know, it. I know. I purposely, I wanted to Google it too, <laughs> and I didn't Google it. No, because because in the, in the emergency room, yes. 
They do not have your brain your, your hooked doctor. up. They don't have your brain hooked up. Yes, I'm sure they do. No, they do not. It's a diode, bro. What did you Google? When death occurs. <laughs> when are you clinically dead? Clinical death is a medicine. It is the heart. See, I freaking told you. According to this. Yeah. Yeah, when clinically dead is you're not being able to support yourself. Your your body is not able to support your brain, basically. Like you can have that's why they call it brain dead, where there's no brain function, but they're still keeping you alive with machines. So some machine is pumping your heart up and down and making your body function, but there's no brain. Okay, now this term says, despite the frequent use of the term clinical death, doesn't actually have a consistent meaning, said Dr. James Burnett, a neurologist yeah. at Dartmouth yeah. in New Hampshire. In most hospitals, the doctor in charge of a patient's care makes a death determination, and there aren't universal guidelines for when to make a call. He says, you're dead when a doctor says you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> what? That was my point. It's like when they say, when they declare you dead, like time of death is this time, there is still brain function. They have given up on trying to restart your heart. You can't restart your brain. But or until until the story, that's that's the you important part. You can restart your brain. That's the important part of this of this article. I think I was wrong. Is that you? They did restart the brain. They did pump some fluid into the pig's brain and did show signs of brain activity as a result of them restarting the brain. That's the breakthrough. Previously, it was your heart stops. Your brain is still going to be active for hours after your heart stops. So that's why they're doing the chest compressions and trying to keep you alive. And like, you know, I don't want to lose this guy, damn it. Like, because they, you have a couple of hours to okay, restart. I think that's all conjecture. What What's conjecture? Hours to restart the yeah, heart? Yeah, that was what we, and I think we even talked about it on the podcast, is that there are, that, and that is why hospitals, when somebody does die, they they have procedures with talking around recently deceased because brain function is still occurring and the hearing is the last thing to go. So you're actually still hearing things after you've died. I don't know if you hear things. I mean, I, th I, I understand what you're saying. The reality that this, there's so much we don't know about death though. A hundred percent. Yeah. By the nature of it. But that's why someone said, like, yeah, I was I was dead for a couple of minutes, and they brought me back, and I, you know, like, and that's those stories exist because clinically they were declared dead, or you're dead when, from the clinical definition of death, is when your heart stops. Now you can revive the heart and hope that you have you return to normal brain functionality, but there is you know circumstances where if your brain is um, starved of oxygen, that those cells, the actual cells, die. And are not able to brought back. What we're talking about is functionality bring being brought back to brain to live, or you know, uh, brain cells that are able to be revived. Okay, because you can have brain, you can have cells die in your brain. And now, what are the odds that this is all going to fall into the wrong hands? We're going to have zombies. Pretty soon. high. Yeah, pretty high. I mean, just the fact that it. I mean, look at cloning. Yeah, I mean is that, that sheep. Yeah, you got you have cloning falling into the wrong hands where people can, you know, go back to your your question about rights of 
zombie pigs? What about do do clones have rights? What Does about a, the Incredible Burger? <laughs> Does it have rights? Yeah. You know, what if we get clone what if we get cloned zombie burgers? Cloned zombie bacon. Sounds delicious. It really I'll it be sounds honest. really really it good. It sounds real good. It sounds really good. You and it's be, probably vegan, right? Think how fat you could get a cow if you just kept its brain hooked up to the zombie machine. Dude, it'd be so like good. it died because it was too fat and you're like, yeah. nope. Just you keep it going, dude. Clicked him back on. Keep eating cow. And he's just like, no. And you're like, yep. Yep. That'd be like the best Kobe beef. Yep. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds this sounds like a tasty oh morsel right here. I hope no one yeah. listens to this podcast because I'm pretty sure I've been wrong for like the past 30 minutes. Um, so if you made it this far, you already heard all that. Just forget it. That's my tip. My hot tip. Turn your brain off. <laughs> yeah. Turn your brain off. Don't worry. We can turn it back on later. Yeah, we'll turn it on later. Uh, <laughs> Bill, did you have anything else today? No, that was all. That's all I had too. Yeah. It was fun. It's been a, like actual news news. It's been a pretty gnarly couple of weeks. So we've been trying to steer clear of that. And as yeah. a result of the, the gnarly real news, um, a lot of the bigger tech stories I think have been buried. So we tried to fish out some things that might be interesting, if not fringy, on the you know the technological importance meter. Zombie yeah. pigs is not really high up there. On like, I think zombie pigs is very high. It led to a very <laughs> compelling. Discussion. Well, and that's why we that's why we wanted to talk about it because it's super interesting. It's not going to impact anyone's lives. Yeah, the only other story lives, I had was but. about a kid who was suing Apple for a billion dollars. You see that? Awesome! It's no. so dumb. Awesome. He got arrested for stealing, breaking into an uh, Apple store. Because someone used a fake ID in the store yeah. that had his name on it. Very cool. Uh, it wasn't him. And mm-hmm. the police were like, it's not you, so don't worry about it. And they let yeah. him go. But he claimed Apple used uh, facial recognition and like made it look like his face or something, which didn't seem to have happened. Awesome. And he got away. Like The cops were like, it's not you. Go home. Yeah. But he still decided he needed to sue Apple for a billion dollars. Well, I mean. Pretty smart. Pretty Pretty genius. I mean, if you're going to sue someone for a billion dollars, might as well be Apple. It's just so funny. He gets arrested. And he's like, and they're like, no, it's not you. You, yeah. you can go home. And he's like, I'm suing for a billion dollars. Dude, it's just like, of course. Why? Why? I mean, you've got that lotto ticket yeah. sitting on your desk. Like, you might as well try to cash it in. I don't think Apple's going to give him shit. I, I well, think if the story mate never made it to the news, maybe. But now that it's out, they're like, nah. Like, you already did the damage. We're not. Yeah, we're not playing ball. I guess. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please shoot us an email, techyoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell me that I'm smart anyways and the bill is stupid. Um, Tech Yeah Podcast on Twitter. Tech Yeah Podcast on Facebook. Tech Yeah Podcast on the YouTube where you can see me and Bill do funny things. Um, bill, anything else you want before we sign out? That's it. Love you guys. Love yeah. TYPs. Love you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye.